I'll probably say we're about 85% of what we have restored that have been lost. Um, but this love and humility thing is going to be the key to walking in flawless power. Okay? So let's look at this. God gave you his son. Uh, I'm sorry, let me make the statement. As a Christian, almost all fear can be traced to you not knowing how much God loves you. And so uh, how many know that I know I grew up being afraid of God? How many grew up being afraid of God? Okay, And there's a side of that that's called the fear of the Lord. You know, but you're never supposed to be afraid of your heavenly father. Okay, Um, that is not the love of God. That is religion. And religion will always make you afraid of God. Okay, and so we're going to look at what some of the things that God has done to show you how much God loves you. Number one, God gave you his son. John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. One of the reasons I'm going through this with you is to show you God gave you the most important stuff before you ask. So he will give you the least important stuff without you asking when you position yourself correctly. Okay? Because the Bible says God loved us while you were sinning. I mean, you know, it's easy to love someone when they're acting right. Even when you have kids, man, sometimes you wake up, oh, man, I'm Jesus. I mean, tears just come down your eyes because the kids are such a blessing. Next day, mm, 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 mm. you want to kill them, choke them. <laughs> okay. Romans eight thirty one thirty two. What should we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? So my problem has been that if he gave me the most important and I don't have the less important, then what is the disconnect? Okay. So that's important. He gave you his son. Then he gave you his spirit. Romans 5, 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The main reason God gave you the Holy Spirit is to develop the love of God in you so you can operate like a God in this planet. Yes, the Holy Spirit has given you to pray in tongues. Yes, he said he will teach you and lead you and guide you into all truth. That's one of his functions. Yes, he is the inner witness. Yes, he is the power side of God. All of that. But the main reason the Holy Spirit has been given to you is because you by yourself could not operate in the love of God. You got to have God on the inside of you to do that. Okay. Told him yesterday that, you know, the things that I've asked the Lord to let me do, he told me you'll have to be a dead man in order to do that because no man can do that. And as you die, then I will step forward and do what you have requested me to do. <clears throat> Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. King James Version, and whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession until the praise of his glory. So God gave you Jesus and he gave you the Holy Spirit. That word earnest means down payment money. That's literally what it means. It means down payment. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm trying to trigger your mind to think bigger. I'm trying to trigger your mind to let you know that you're living too low. I'm trying to trigger your mind because the Bible says God will, will, not, will not withhold any good from those who walk uprightly. 
And so what people do is they say, okay, well, I think I'm living right. How, where's all the good at? Well, the problem is, is that most of the bad is in your heart, not in your actions. And and in order to deal with the stuff that's in your heart, it requires full humility. Young lady told me yesterday, because there's a book at the end of this that I'm going to suggest you all read. And and um, and she told me, she said, I started reading that book and she said, and I had to put it down. She says, because I, I wasn't ready. And she said, the reason I wasn't ready is because she said, my natural father he never, ever, ever said anything positive. It was always chastisement, 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 chastisement. So you grew up feeling bad, feeling bad, feeling bad because it's just chastisement, chastisement, chastisement. So as she began to read the book, it put her back in that mold, chastisement, chastisement, chastisement. And she couldn't handle it because the book was revealing to her the things that she needed to change. And so she had to, she says, I had to grow a little bit more and understand how much God loves me and that he is not a man. So he is not like my father. Okay. My father was chastising me because of his own insecurities and his own anger. God chastises me for my own good. So when she got that revelation, she said, now nah, I got I can go pick, pick, pick the book back up. Okay. But God loves you so much. He gave you a son. He gave you the Holy Spirit. What has always been crazy to me about this scripture is the earnest. It says the Holy Ghost is the down payment. So if the Holy Ghost is the down payment, then what is waiting for you on the other side? Okay. I mean, God the Father is the one who gives the, who creates the blueprint. Jesus is the one who carries it out and speaks it. The Holy Ghost is the one who brings it to pass. That's why the Bible says in Genesis, in the midst of chaos, it says the Spirit was hovering over the waters, waiting for Jesus to give a command. Because the Bible says everything in this planet was created by Jesus. He was the one who spoke it. When it says, and God said, that was Jesus speaking. And when he spoke, the Holy Ghost activated. So everything that you see in this wonderful planet and the universe that is expanding right now, that individual that did all of that, the Bible says, is a down payment. Now, how many know a down payment is always the small amount? It's not a big amount. I used an excellent example yesterday. Y'all, if I told you, yeah, you know, um, we put a down payment or we put some earnest money down on a home and we put down $5,000 of earnest money. You were like, oh, wow, okay. You know, you might think it's a $100,000 home, $200,000 home, you know, whatever. But imagine what you got to think about when I say, yeah, you know, we get ready to buy a new home and we put the down payment down and the down payment was $30 million. Now, you thinking, like I did this yesterday, and one girl shouted out, what type of house? Exactly my point. If the down payment is $30 million and the down payment is the small amount, then how big is the house when the down payment is $30 million? So if the Holy Ghost is a down payment for your inheritance, what in the world is the inheritance if the Holy Ghost is the down payment? And God gave you the Holy Ghost without you asking. He said, okay, since you accepted my son and you didn't ask for him, we just showed up and said, hey, you're going to hell. Would you like to accept Jesus? Well, yeah. Okay, fine. Then, since you accepted Jesus, we're going to give you a down payment on your future reward for eternity. And the Holy Ghost Every time I read that scripture, I'm just like, you, you ever get something, but no, you still don't got it because it's too big to get. What do you mean the Holy Ghost is the down payment? I mean, imagine, I mean, let's go bigger. Imagine if God gives you planet Earth 
and says, okay, uh, I, I'm going to give you planet Earth, and that's the down payment for the universe. Now, how big is it when the individual that created the universe is the down payment? Whenever my eyes get stick up there like that, that means this is too deep for me. Don't miss eternity, folk. God is bigger than, much bigger than what you think. Um, there's one gentleman that got caught up to heaven very close to God. And he said when he was up there, the angel revealed to him, he said, God's throne is not the top level. That's the top level we want you to know. They said they are. And the scripture talks about the dimensions and the glories that exist for eternity. There are dimensions and stuff that you could not handle. You can't handle the throne of God. I'm going to show you a picture one time of some renditions of this. And it's still not accurate, but it's the best that we can come up with. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, whoo. All right. So he gave you a spirit. Then in Hebrews 1, 13 through 14, he gave you his angels. One time I'm going to get a more professional cup. God never said to any of the angels, sit in a place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Therefore, angels are only servants. Spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. How many saved folk do I got in here? Now, I want you to think about this. I'm trying to get you to see if you are not valuable. Then why is God giving you his best before you ask? Now, he gives you his son. Uh, God so loved the world while they were in sin and then showed up to your front door. All right. Okay. I had the ability to love you even though you own crack and you didn't kill three people and robbed 40 banks and cussed out and dishonored your parents. I had the ability to love you past that. So will you, so I'm going to extend my love. Will you accept my son? He died for your sins. Okay. Yes, I accept him because the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. Then he says, okay, well, since you made that decision, it's the best decision you have ever made. Well, now that you are one of my children, okay, all children have a right to their father's money. All children have a right to their father's inheritance. But the inheritance is so big, you couldn't comprehend it. If we harness the power of a million minds, you couldn't comprehend it. And so the only way that we can do it is blow your mind by giving you the down payment called the Holy Ghost. And so now that you have the Holy Ghost, we're also going to show you how valuable we are because Every king, his children always has servants. Ah, so since you are the sons and daughters of God, we will also give you our personal slaves. Y'all got this? So this is what I mean by religion teaches you to just walk around like you the slave. That's what it does. Okay. And so, so he said, we're going to give you angels because angels exist. And this is so crazy. Y'all, these are not lowly slaves. These are not the slaves you see on the chain gang or in the cotton fields. These slaves are so powerful that when one showed up, David fainted and went into a coma. These are like robots. These are like machines. These are God's definition of a slave is not our definition of a slave. His definition of a slave is just simply somebody who follows my every command. He said, faith is your slave. He said, when you use your faith and it brings you what you want, you don't say thank you. You just send it out there again, just like a slave. How many know I'm teaching this morning? <laughs> okay. So he gives you angels. And remember what Jesus said? He said, be careful how you deal with these kids. He said, because their angels do always behold the face. 
Y'all, I'm trying. Y'all, I just, man, let me tell you something. If you can't serve Jesus, there's something wrong with your mind. It really is. That's why 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says Satan blinds the minds of those who don't believe. Because no man that can see would ever reject this type of power and love. You got to be blind, crippled, crazy, and deaf in order to reject Jesus. You really do. Because he gives you his son. You know, and, and th- y'all, I'm sorry. I'm going I'm to come back around. He gives you his son. And then what does he say about that? He said, now, nah, uh, I give you my son. But, but you got a joint in here. How many remember that scripture? You have a joint inheritance with Jesus Christ. We don't even know how much Jesus has. What do you mean? Y'all know what a joint inheritance is? If Jonathan and I have a joint company in the area of law, we have equal sharing in that. That's why you see, you know, Johnson & Johnson Attorney's Company. Yeah, it's two individuals, not one. It's two that went into a partnership. You see all of these businesses, and it's two names. Sometimes you see three. It's several or triple individuals that went into a partnership. The Bible says, okay, oh, Jesus, you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, and before you even did anything, you got to join an inheritance with him. Join account. We don't even know how big the account is. Y'all, just, y'all let me tell you something. See, a joint inheritance with Jesus Christ I never will forget this Chinese girl. Was, was it Chinese? I messed that up. Thank you, Jonathan. He, <laughs> a Korean girl caught up to heaven, and, the, and Jesus was walking her around and showing her the different mansions. Y'all remember that when I showed you some of the mansions? And, uh, and, and so Jesus took her to his house. I mean, know if anybody got a house, <laughs> Jesus got a house. Okay, now, now watch this. This will give you a hint. To how big the inheritance is. He's walking around the house. And she wanted to open up this room. She opened up the room. And it was the universe. And the Lord told her. This is just where I tinker around sometimes. Y'all. God is bigger than big. We don't even know what big is. He is. We have no idea. So that's just the son part. You have a joint inheritance. We haven't even got over into the entitlements. You accept the Lord. You are a son of God. You are a Lord because he's the Lord of lords. You are a king because he's the king of kings. Jesus is your firstborn brethren. I mean, all of this type of crazy stuff. You are an ambassador, and like the Holy Ghost told me, there's no such thing as an ambassador that has never been to the country that he's representing. And then I still don't know what is more than a conqueror. What is that? When you conquer, everybody is dead. What is a more than conqueror? What do you, you kill them and then resurrect them again and then kill them again? That's just the title. We're not talking about the inheritance. That's just Jesus in the title. Then the Holy Ghost is the down payment. And the angels are the servants. Hebrews 13.2 Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels. Without even realizing it. I never will forget. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if you remember this story from Marilyn Hickey. Marilyn Hickey was talking about back in the day someone broke into her home. And she said, uh, you know, I guess it was a larger home or something. And she said she felt a hand take her by the hand and lead her around the home she should go over to her next door neighbor's house. And then the hand left. That was a servant come to get her out of trouble. You should always look. You don't, now the Bible says you don't worship angels. But you can command them. And some people don't like that teaching. 
I don't know why the Bible says they are your servants. So what do you mean I can't command my servant? I never will forget. I worked for the city of Detroit Water Department. And, you know, we spent a lot of time underneath the ground because of the pipes. And, and so you had these big, big, big wheels that you had to, or whatever you call them, big thing you had to turn, valve you had to turn. And they were the size of manhole covers. And sometimes because they had been there for a while, they would be stuck. And I never forget when I first learned this. And so sometimes those things were stuck and you had to go get all of these special machines to unstick this thing. And I remember I was frustrated and I could not get that thing. This thing is big. And I still uh, still uh, remember this. I, I, I was underneath the ground and I just got this teaching. I went over to the corner and I said, Lord, you said angels are sent here to minister for those that are heirs of salvation. So in the name of Jesus, angel, I command you. To loosen that great big old valve. It is too strong. So I said that, got up, went right back over there, turned that thing like you were taking a bottle off of a baby bottle. And them dudes don't, y'all, whoo. He gave you his word. Psalm 19, 7 through 11, King James Version. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Converting means to change from one thing to another. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Are you sure? Yes. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes, giving you the ability to see. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yes, even fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So to the degree that you keep the commandments will be the degree you will get a great reward on the other side. To the degree that you don't keep the commandments will be the degree that you will lose your reward on the other side. Yeah. Let me say something. The moment, ooh, got to come a little harder. The moment you give your life to Christ, at that moment, you own everything God owns. And it is your behavior that determines if you lose some of it. Okay. And to prove that. Look at Luke chapter 12, 31. Just we'll roll right into the next scripture. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. For the main purpose is so you don't lose what you already have. And he will give you everything you need. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. So don't be afraid, little flock. For it gives your father great happiness to give you the entire kingdom. Stop. We don't know how big his kingdom is. Now, we do know that the Holy Ghost is the down payment for that kingdom, but we don't know how big it is. The universe is too big as it is. Okay, I told him yesterday, I mean, this is my personal conviction. I think the universe is like God's basement. I just do. There are realms and glories that exist beyond way what you can comprehend. Okay, and so, so he said, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the entire kingdom. Let me ask you a question, y'all. Don't y'all think, like, all of this stuff is the most important to God? Would y'all agree? Would y'all agree that his son is is is, is really important? Would y'all believe? Would y'all agree that the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost, is really important? Would y'all agree that the angels who have been around for eons of time are really important? Would you believe his word is important? Then we capped it off by saying, "Hey, 
It is my great happiness to give you my entire kingdom. So if it's his great happiness to give you his entire kingdom, his word, the Holy Ghost, Jesus, and the angels, why would he have a problem giving you a house or a car? So if we don't have the house and the car and the husband and the wife and the kid and all these different type of things that we desire in the promotion, then maybe there's a possibility that our character is off. Maybe there's some things, because remember, God loves you so much, he'll give you everything without you asking. But he also loves you so much that he won't give you anything that will destroy you. So that's why it says, seek first the kingdom of God. Creflo Dollar gave one of the best examples of this. He said, seek the kingdom of God and what is right and their way of doing things. Notice what the scripture said. It said if you do that, everything would be what? Added. It didn't say nothing about if you ask. Because the Bible says God already, God already knows the desires of your heart. Y'all, there are levels to this. First level is you come to the kingdom, depending on what denomination you're part of, you beg God for everything. Okay. <laughs> you just do. You beg him for everything. Don't even believe you're supposed to have it. Next level is what we call more in the Pentecostal charismatic word of faith realm, where they kind of teach you the principles of the word. If you exercise faith, you know, this will happen. You know, Jesus taught those principles. You know, um, you see with the woman with the unjust judge, she wouldn't let go in faith. You see the woman that snuck up behind Jesus. She kept on saying out of her mouth. Jesus said, if a man shall believe that what he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever you say. People think that's the top level. Wrong. The highest level when you become like God, you don't have to ask for anything, and they give you what's in your heart because they wanted you to have it before you ask. You only get to that level by walking in love and humility. So when you, it's like Solomon. Solomon, the Lord, man, God wants to give you so much. I mean, that prosperity flow today, boy. Can y'all imagine, because Solomon gave this big offering, okay? And, and how many of you would like for God to appear to you in a dream? He step up and say, um, hey, man, whatever you want. How I many of for some of y'all, that's dangerous. <laughs> What I, I want you to think about when God comes to you. Now, this shows you just how much God wants you to have. Where he comes to a king and says, whatever you ask me for, I will give it to you right now. Solomon said, Lord, he asked. It was character. When you ask God for character, he gives you the riches. Okay. And, and yeah, because the character allows you to handle the riches. So Solomon said, Lord, all I want is a wise and understanding heart to judge your people the way you would judge them. And God said, wonderful. He said, but I'm going to still give you the money. Go back and read it. He said, and I'm going to give you so much money. He said, nobody will have wisdom or riches like you. Period. That's why when Jesus, and that's why the only person that was greater than Solomon was Jesus. He said, uh, Remember what Jesus said? He said, a greater than Solomon is here. <laughs> but he was broke. <laughs> that's like saying, that's like, I don't know, Donald Trump was in the real estate. That's like me showing up, a greater than Trump is here. Dude, you living in an apartment. What are you talking about? Are you? Y'all, oh, never mind. Let me just go on back over here. Help us today, Lord. Have mercy. Second Peter 1, 2 through 3. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. 
So grace and peace will be multiplied to you as you learn the truth about God. Not the truth of what they're telling you about God. Just because somebody telling you and teaching you about God doesn't mean God agrees with the definition that they're giving you of him. Holy Ghost told me years ago, study the Bible like you've never been taught. I'll show you stuff you've never been, that you've never seen. When the Holy Ghost started teaching me, I was like, Lord, some place somebody is wrong. He said, don't feel bad. They've been misrepresenting me since I was born. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's two separate things. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Okay? So, apparently, from the kingdom of God's point of view, we have given y'all our very best. We can't give y'all nothing else. Because we gave y'all everything. We gave, I gave you my son, my only begotten son. Okay, I gave you the, and when I gave you my son, I gave you me. Because the only way for you to get to me is through my son. So, so, so you got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We, we gave you all our money, all of our kingdom. You got a joint inheritance with Jesus. The Holy Ghost is a down payment. And, and because y'all are such royalty, we give all of you servants called angels. And these ain't the typical type of servants. You know, Bible says one angel swung his sword one time and 30,000 men dropped dead. That's the type of individual walking around following you around. Okay? Gave you all that. And then we gave you the words that run heaven. Because the Bible is nothing but a blueprint to make earth become like heaven. That's why Jesus said... Thy will be done down here as it already is up there. That's the purpose for the word. To recreate down here what is up there. And that's why it's not being recreated. Because very few people are really preaching the word. They're teaching stuff. Teaching you how to have a good life. That's a terrible teaching. Ain't no such thing as having a good life. You have a sacrifice life. You have a wonderful life. You have a roller coaster life. Your life will be up and down. You will be constantly increasing while also dealing with drama at the same time. You will be multiplying while dealing with drama every single day. You will be doing miracles while folk talking about you and trying to throw you off of a cliff. Jesus. Any of y'all see any teachers about the Lord? Jesus said, yes. Um, in order to have a good life, the kingdom of God. No, he didn't teach that stuff. He said, if you do this, this will happen. He said, you do this, this will happen. He said, through great tribulation will you enter into the kingdom. He said, he said, your troubles will be many, but be happy because I overcame all of them. Yeah, yeah. See? <clears throat> so, you know, so, you know, so y'all pray for me as I go to Nigeria. Because even at this, even at the Sunday location, some things have been put in place. I can't wait to go to get there. To get, they, I know, I'm, and when I get there, I know it's a sword that's going to slice me down to the crown and kill me. I know that before I'm going. I'm just looking forward to the death. I'm dead serious, y'all. I mean, y'all, y'all, man, y'all, even what we have done as a church, some people see as high level, was just a particular level. We, we're, we're trying to climb our way up the mountain. Remember what Jesus and what the scripture says? It says, who can stand on this mountain? Who can even climb it? Only those who have clean hands and pure hearts. And we as a church have focused on the clean hands, but not the pure hearts. And the pure hearts is the bigger issue than the clean hands. This is the reason why, as crazy as this may seem, this is the reason why David could sleep with a woman, get her pregnant, and kill her husband. 
And then God still forgave the man and said, he's a man that's chasing after my own heart. Why? Because he knew, oh, yeah, the man did something really, really heinous, and he paid a heinous price for it, but the man has a pure heart. After he repented, he still had a pure heart. He would, that's one thing about David. He was quick to repent. He did some crazy stuff. But when he found out he was wrong, he's like, oh, Lord, I didn't mess up again. I just read that testimony yesterday about when he counted Israel. You know, I don't have time to explain why that was a terrible move. And it says after he did it, his heart convicted him. And then the Lord came to him and said, look, you messed up, son. You got to pay a price for it. I've forgiven you. He said, you have three choices. He said, one, he said, a plague comes throughout the land for three days. He said, two, you got to run from your enemy for three months. He said, four, uh, three, he said, famine for three years. And, and this is what David said. He said, give me the plague. He said, I'd rather be in your hands being beat than the hands of men. And he said a plague came through and killed these 30,000 or 70,000 people over his mistake. As a leader, you can't make certain mistakes. It affect people. That's why I'm very careful. I'll move too slow before I move too fast. Okay, the scripture makes it clear that it's called the law of a man, one man, the spirit of a man working in the spirit of another man. And so whoever you, whoever is your quote-unquote leader, whoever you following, whoever is mentoring you, a measure of them is put on the inside of you. You don't get what they're preaching. You get what they live in. Hey, I was listening to a testimony. Oh, we, how do you know we're going someplace? This is going to be, I told you, Lisa talked about that gold train. Last prophecy she gave, she said the train had left the train tracks and it was flying. Because the Lord is creating something, y'all. Creating something that doesn't fit what we call normal ministry. Okay? And I, I was listening to Oedipo. They were giving testimonies. And, and, and uh, just one of the testimonies, a woman that was married for 40 years still was believing to be pregnant. Got pregnant at, with four babies at the same time. Four. Okay. What, got pregnant with four babies at the same time. Didn't even know she was pregnant. Went to the doctor to find out why she was gaining weight so fast. They said, you're pregnant. She's like, what? <laughs> Another lady, she heard her husband was believing for 16 years. And she didn't know she was pregnant until she thought she was just gaining weight too. They don't work, like, they don't work out like that, ladies in Africa. <laughs> okay, she, she, she said she was just gaining weight. She had to go to the bathroom really bad. And she said it wouldn't come out. So she husband took her to the doctor. They says it's because you're pregnant. The baby's trying to come out. She said, I didn't even feel anything for nine months. I didn't even have no pain. Holy Ghost told Bishop Oedipus because I was trying to hide the miracle from her mouth and the devil's. We have a problem confessing something. And then when we show up, we get scared. Lord, can I walk on the water just like you? Come. You out there on the water. And now you get to looking around, now that you're in the miracle. Oh, Lord, I don't know if I can handle this, Jesus. And you start sinking. So there are some things that's coming to you that God hides from you. That's why you have all of these suddenlies in the Bible. You ask for it, but we got to hide. I love you so much. You ask for it, but I got to keep it from you. Because your mouth will mess up what you ask for. We can ask big, but when big shows up, we get scared of the bigness of it. I know what I'm saying. Okay. So whatever God has not done, it is because you have hindered him from doing it. Just remember that. 
Because God is like, we can give y'all everything. We can give y'all all power, everything. And so, 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 and I, I, uh, in one of the books, it was a wonderful statement that was made. And he said, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need to do. They know exactly what you need to do right now to adjust, to position yourself for what's already sitting on top of your ceiling. Waiting for you to adjust so it can come through. Like my thing my wife mentioned last week about we are all, it's a pipe. The pipe that comes from heaven is always on 100%. How many of you know, at home, when your water starts trickling out instead of gushing out, you don't call the water department. Hey, man, y'all need to boost the water pressure over there. They'd be like, hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with our water pressure. You need to get that hair out your sink that you comb it every single day. It's no problem with the power. Your pipes are clogged. And so what we have done sometimes as a body of Christ, because the pipes are clogged, we then say, oh, we got to pray more. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, we got to read more. Nothing wrong with that. We should do that. Oh, we got to fast more. We should do that. And then we do that and nothing changes. It's because it wasn't an issue. There are some things the power increases when you just become unclogged. Okay. So love and humility have hindered God from doing more in your life than you can imagine. Okay. It really has. So those, if the Bible says love is the greatest, says everything else will pass away but not love. And then Jesus told them the person that is the humble is the most greatest, is the greatest. So, so, and this is a deep part. They want you to be great. And so because they want you to be great, they give you all of the clues and all of the formulas in order to be great. Because they want you to be great. God loves you. He wants you to be Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, all wrapped up in one. Jesus, a king, a lord, more than a conqueror. Joint in here. I mean, they want you to be just like them. And because they love you so much, because that's what love does. Love wants the best for you, not the worst. And love, if it loves you, it will give you everything. That's how you can tell a good preacher versus a bad one. The good preacher, he reads the book, keeps it to himself so he can be deep. The good preacher, he'll read the book. When he sees it's good, he'll tell his congregation to read it before he even finishes it. Like I told you all a few weeks ago, where are we going? You don't have time to wait on me and my wife to preach everything. we got to give you this stuff so that you all can go faster and come back and tell me. People ask me questions all the time. I don't know. When you get the revelation, let me know. Now, I don't say that as a joke. I'm serious. You'd be surprised. A fit, I don't know. Maybe 50% of what we learn is by watching how the Lord works in the lives of people. That's how I got so much wisdom from dreams. I began to see the flow by looking at how the Lord give pe- other people dreams. Okay, so anyway. I don't even know where I am right now. Okay, let's just read the humility scripture so we can get up out of here. Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Oh, no, I got to give the example first. This is really good, y'all. Take a look. <laughs> no, you haven't heard this, but I might have mentioned it. I brought it up to Otha the other day. He was like, yeah, that is really good. So sometimes, you know, my wife and I, you know, our, our, our full work days, I shouldn't even say that every day is a full work day for us. But Saturdays and Sundays, we have to add the whole preaching and counseling to it. So because we already did this on Saturday and then, you know, at the other location and all of the Holy Ghost that happens there, and y'all, y'all give us congratulations. They have their new baby. Yes. Whew. Babies are us, boy. <laughs> Tell you. 
Speaking of babies, that's my kids going out the front door of our house. I'm sorry. Turn this off. Okay, so so sometimes when we leave Riverdale, we're tired. So I'm driving. My wife will doze off in the car. So she'll doze off in the car until we get home. And then when I, we're picking up our kids from school, uh, we'll notice that they'll get in the car because they've been up sometimes since 5 o'clock in the morning. They get in the car, and they all doze off to sleep. So I have noticed a pattern for years, and it wasn't until I was really, you can watch something and just like, that's interesting. But then when you really want to know, the Holy Spirit will answer you. What I always notice is this, is that, is that all of the kids are in the car, and they are asleep. They're in the car, they are asleep, and when I leave the school, it doesn't matter how many times the car stops, they stay asleep. So it's not like I pull up to the light 15 minutes later and they wake up. Are we here yet? No, they're asleep. No matter how many turns I make, no matter how many times I slow down and I speed up, no matter what you hear, if I pull into the gas station, if I go around someone, if I come to a stop too long because there's an accident, if there's a detour, they stay asleep. Mysteriously, the moment we pull up to the home, they all wake up. That's the spirit agitating the natural when you're in the right spot. See, so so your your spiritual things, when you're in the right spot, it'll allow you to stay dormant. But once you get in the right spot, it's the spirit's way of saying, because the Bible says your spirit neither sleeps nor slumbers. Okay, it is the body that's off. The body needs rest. The body is um, gunked up sometimes. And so it's amazing. Same thing with my wife. She'll be asleep. Okay, gone. The moment I pull in front of that house, she'll wake up. What is it about that, that your body will stay asleep? But, and it doesn't matter how many times you make a stop at the light, but when you make the right stop and you're in the right place, the spirit agitates and wakes things up because you're in the right spot. So, so this is what the Holy Ghost is telling us, is that this is what's going on with our heart. When your heart is in the right spot, the Holy Spirit will just automatically do things in the natural because your heart and your mind. In the world, they call it divine alignment. Okay? And that is very much true. Is that God can't do certain things because, remember, it's going to come through you. Out of your heart flow the issues of life. But your heart is in the wrong spot. It got too much gunk in it. Your heart is in the wrong spot. It has jealousy and envy. And jealousy and envy is nothing but a lack of understanding how much God loves you. You're jealous of the other person got married. The reason you're jealous is because you don't know what God has for you. You're jealous of their car because you don't know that yours is coming. And yours is sitting already in your driveway. They just haven't pulled it up yet because they can't pull it up while you're still jealous of somebody else. Because if you don't get rid of the jealousy, they could give you a brand new Mercedes Benz, but then you'll still be jealous of somebody that got a Rolls Royce. So because your heart is not in the right spot, the Holy Ghost doesn't agitate the natural to wake you up to see right what is right in front of you. That's why the Bible says all natural. That's why Jesus, whenever Jesus was teaching about the kingdom, he always used natural things. Kingdom of God is like this. Kingdom of God is like this. Everything in this planet was created to teach you about the kingdom of God. Everything. And that's an amazing thing you all know. And some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I remember as a kid, we would leave my grandmother's house or we would leave. My dad would take us to the park or the amusement park, whatever it is. We would stay asleep. Okay. And how many of you know, I mean, you just, you just stay asleep. And the moment you pull up in front of the house, whoosh, what is that? 
The spirit's way of saying you're home. Spirit's way of saying you're in the right spot. So it wakes you up. Why? Because you want. In other words, because you're in the right spot, we need to wake you up because you're in the right spot. When you stopped at the light 10 minutes ago, you weren't in the right spot. So your spirit didn't wake you up because you were in the wrong spot. And when you seek the Lord, Lord, I need an answer for this, 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 this. That's why I says seek first the kingdom of God and we'll agitate to you every single thing that you need. It never said to ask for him, even though there's nothing wrong with ask. Bible does talk about asking, but it talks more about just positioning yourself to be right in the right spot in the spirit. Because, oh, Lord, y'all, okay, let me tell you this. See, maybe, maybe your manifestation that you ask him for is at this spot in the spirit, right here. But when you're in jealousy, it moves you over to a different spot. When you're in pride, it moves you over here. That's why Bible says pride goes before a fall, because pride blinds you from even seeing correctly. See, so you got to be what they call divine alignment. You got to be in a place in the spirit to see. And when you get into that place, they then... Open up your physical eyes to show you what you need to do and where you need to go. I didn't even read the scriptures. Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride goes before destruction, holiness before fall. Proverbs eight thirteen. King James. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. That word forward in the Hebrew. It literally means to be a fraud. In other words, um, this is what I, this is who I said you are. This is what I said you have, and this is what I said you can do. Okay, and so, but you said you can't, so you are a fraud. Okay, kings don't use profanity, so you are a fraud. More than conquerors don't say that they can't make it, and they can. People, watch this. Kings from the kingdom don't say stuff like. I don't know what I'm going to do. The Bible says if you don't know what to do, ask God and he will give you wisdom to what to do. So that's why the Bible says you're going to give an account for every idle word that comes out of your mouth. Matthew 18, 1 through 4. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom? Jesus called the little child to him and put the child among them. He said, I'll tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins... And become like little children, two different things. You will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And we're just opening this up. Proverbs 22, 4. True humility and fear of the Lord lead to what? Riches, honor, and life. So the more you learn what humility is. And the learn, more you learn how to operate in it, guess what? You operate in that will lead you to that spot where God has stuff for you. Because sometimes you got to be at a particular place. You got to go a particular place. First Peter five five through six. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Mm, mm, mm. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. I mean, do you think that God wants to honor you? Mm. Dress yourselves in humility. I'll let you read a book and find out what that means. When you walk in humility in the spirit, it's clothes that you actually put on. Whether you in righteousness or sin, 
they're represented as clothes in the spirit realm. You see that when you get to heaven. Rick Jordan, when he had his experience in heaven, the angel gave him this mantle. And he put it on. And when he put it on, everybody in heaven started bowing to him. And he said, why do they keep bowing to me? And, and, and one of the people said, it's because you have on the highest mantle of honor. Um, and that is you have on the mantle of humility. And they said this. And, and listen to this. Because when they said this statement to him, they were talking about all of you. They said, also, we see everything that you all do. You can't see us, but we can see you. And they said, you carry the honor of being the group that God picked to be in the planet to wage the last battle. And in scripture, it says the first shall be last and the last. It is our misunderstanding or lack of understanding when it comes to heavenly things that, that just keep us again. Devil is doing a masterful job devaluing people. Because I don't have a degree. So, you think God you think God respects degrees? You know, watch this. Father says, um, we need to pick somebody to be a businessman. I think we're going to pick that person. And the angel says, well, you know he don't have a degree. <laughs> Nothing wrong with degrees. Okay? But, but sometimes God gets glory in what you don't have. Amen. Not what you do have. Amen. And sometimes what you do have can mess you up. From getting what God wants you to have. Because when God gives you stuff, you can't find this in no textbook at the, at the college. You know, um, what is it, Ben Carson? Uh, when, when, when Ben Carson figured out how to separate those Siamese twins, he didn't learn that from a textbook. It was called divine alignment. God gave him the formula on how to separate them Siamese twins. And then he became a master surgeon. And then everybody else started copycatting him. Not because he was edumacated, because he was connected to God. Go read the story of George Washington Carver that they're not telling you in high school. In high school, It's called uh, a book called The Man Who Talked with the Flowers. Go read that book, Man Who Talked with the Flower. The man went into the woods and held a flower and spent time with God. And God would show him how to create 150 gazillion things from a peanut. Y'all, do y'all realize how far gone the planet is? This man sat in the woods with a flower in his hand, communing with God. God told him how to unlock stuff. He goes into the laboratory, and when you read the history of this man, George Washington Carver is the one who saved the South. No, they don't tell that. Last two ones. James 4, 5 through 10. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. Folk, learn when you have done something wrong, when you have messed up, when you have not do your, done your due diligence, quit having a... Uh, uh, thank you, pity party. Learn to just ask for the grace of God. Lord, I need you to help me. That's not you out of faith. That's you in faith. Where we come from, you know, when, when you mess up and you just ask for grace, oh, brother, you're not in faith. You don't, no, that is faith. That's saying, Lord, I messed up. I need your grace. And you said your mercy and grace is new every morning. My best sermons come from the ones I didn't prepare. Overslept. Didn't do nothing. 
sitting up in the bed like, oh, Lord, I'm just such a terrible preacher. Y'all up here worshiping. Y'all blow your mind how many times y'all singing and everything. I'm sitting right here. Father, I just want you to give me your grace this morning to preach a word to your people because I have messed up once again. And after the simple prayer, I come right up here. Flames come out. Y'all like, this man spends all of the time with God. He must have been praying in the Holy Ghost for the last 40 years. Nope. I prayed a prayer and the Lord says we will answer that prayer because we love him and you so much. Didn't matter your mistake. We just started asking for God for grace. The Lord took that Chinese. He's a Chinese Korean. <laughs> Shout out to me. Man, get it straight. Get it straight. Took that Korean girl and showed her all of these storehouses of, you know how, how Amazon Prime, they keep warehouses all over the place. So that when you make a request, not only is it there, and then it's there, but she didn't. <laughs> they, have, they have the warehouses so you don't have to wait on what you ask for. That's why they can get it to you that day. They got warehouses already set up so that whatever you need, you can get it that day. You ain't got to wait seven days. And the Lord took this girl out here into the planet and showed her all of the storehouses of grace. They look like buildings made out of tulips. But they were all gold and silver. He said they're positioned all around the planet so that whenever my people ask for grace, it can be given immediately. Don't have to wait. Thank you. Verse 6, he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will run from you. (laughs) I was listening to Oedipo yesterday. He said they ran into a situation um, uh, with some, it was a big old accident getting ready to happen. And, um, and, and, um, And it was an emergency situation. And so he said, right before it happened, him and his wife said, in the name of Jesus. And then his wife kept on saying it. He said he turned to his wife and said, you only need to say it one time. If you keep saying it multiple times, it's because you didn't believe what you said the first time. Do you walk up to the McDonald's counter? Hey, um, I like to have a Big Mac with cheese. Okay. That's a Big Mac. Cheese. Okay, I got it. Did I tell you a Big Mac with cheese? <laughs> By the third time, they're looking at you like, y'all, this might be a police matter. Get ready to push the button. But we do that with Jesus. Lord, did you hear me? Lord, did you hear me? It's the one. You, you want to tell me when the manifestation has happened to me? When I said the name of Jesus once, not 15 times. Because when I said it once, it's because I knew the Lord heard me the first time. They're not hard to hear, and they're recording everything in the first place. It's crazy. Come close to God. He will come close to you. Wash your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts. Church has been focusing on the washing of the hands. Stop smoking, drinking, sleeping around, all that type of stuff. Wonderful. That's part of it. The deeper part is the heart. So they've never really focused on the purifying the hearts. So we haven't focused on the heart, purifying and cleaning the heart. Whereas where all of the stuff comes from, that's why the power hasn't shown up. Because it flows through your heart. So if it flows through your heart where your heart is corrupted, the power will come out corrupted. And that's what you see now. Laying hands on people, doing all of this stuff, people falling down, but they're not getting up healed. Thank you. 
And that's what Jesus accused them back then, the preachers of that day. He accused them. He said, you just showboating. He said, y'all love, the, he said, y'all love to walk around in the marketplace and have people call you rabbi. That ain't changed. He said, he said, when y'all have feasts, y'all got to have the head chairs at the table in front of everybody. And, and mm-hmm, nothing changed. And they couldn't stand Jesus because in their eyes, he was a 30-year-old boy who did not grow up in religion. He was a carpenter. He was a, and, and Jesus was in the real estate. He built homes and he built uh, boats. That's what he did for a living. So what they saw is, who is this businessman who has not been to Bible school, who is 30 year old, not married with no kids, no life experience, and he's trying to come up in here and run circles around us? Mm-hmm. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter, gloom instead of joy. Verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. And the last scripture is Psalm 1912. How can I know all the sins that are lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. So this is the reason why the Bible talks so much about seeking the Lord. As you seek the Lord, they will reveal to you what you cannot see. You cannot see yourself, folk. You can't see yourself naturally. That's why you need a mirror. That's why the Bible says that the Bible is a mirror. It allows you to locate and see yourself. But when it comes to certain things in your heart that have been deposited there from birth, including what your mother said over you and said while you were pregnant, there are some children that come out the womb with a tendency to homosexuality because the daddy wanted a boy but ended up with a girl or vice versa. And those emotions are passed into the child. And the child comes out struggling. So there are certain things in your heart from birth. That's why we have the inner healing and deliverance sessions. You know, that's going to be a major, major thing for our ministry. We do those every single Saturday. It's just a matter of you scheduling it. And it's the, the testimonies with that are just sometimes almost unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so, um, but, uh, but there's things in your heart. And and um, the Lord is the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. Um, He'll only reveal to you what you want to know. If you don't want to know what's there, they won't say nothing. They will not say a word. It's only when you get a revelation of how much they love you and you realize, okay, I got to be chastised to show what's wrong with me. How many you know it's hard, though, when you go to a place that doesn't represent that? That has probably been the main problem, to be honest with you. That's probably been the main problem is that you share um, what's wrong with leadership and then they look at you like you some scum of the earth or you know they or they, they listen but then they look at you differently you can tell you can tell they look at you differently and uh, and so it's just amazing to me you know how simple it was with the Lord but so you have to seek the Lord now this book you can take a picture of this and uh, I see I'm gonna have to this message came out completely different than yesterday so I uh, so you're welcome to take a picture of this with your phone um, the Power of Humility by R.T. Kendall. My wife and I have not finished that book. Um, and I don't know what chapter she's on. And, oh, you finished it? Oh, you almost? So this is killing me and my wife in a good way. Um, I read, uh, before I started reading the book, if you had to ask me, because, you know, I've been at least trying to work on humility and, and all that for a few years now. 
And so if you were to ask me, brother, how much pride do you think you have? Oh, well, you know, I've been working on this for a long time. You know, and I've been meditating on the scriptures and the Lord has been rebuking me and such, such. You know, I probably got about five, ten percent more pride to work on. Read chapter one. I was like, well, Lord, it looks like I'm back at 90 percent. Matter of fact, I think I need to give my life to Christ one more time and start over because it's obvious that I do not know what's in my heart. This thing is amazing. It feels like you've been cleansed. It'll show you why you want a new car. To show you why you post things on Facebook. It'll, I mean, it, y'all, chapter one, I was just like, oh, I was having visions of Aunt Esther, you old heathen, you old beady-eyed heathen. I was just like, oh, Lord Jesus. You know what's so crazy, y'all? This is how the type of relationship you got to have with God. God been treating me this good with these issues. He been blessing me. While looking, because God has the ability to love you while you're in sin, while you're off. He can't give you the full inheritance on this side until you get right. But he still loves you. And he'll do, he'll go as far as he can go. That right there, I was just like, and when I got to chapter 5, that's where I stopped. Where it was talking about the humility of Jesus. I was like, oh, man. See, we, we miss little stuff. How many know Jesus was perfect, but wouldn't let anybody call him good? Good is not perfect. But Jesus was perfect, but wouldn't let anyone call him good. He said, why are you calling me good? It's only one person not like that, the Father. Dude, you are sinless. That's the reason why you qualified to die. What are you talking about? I'm talking about humility. That's why he said stuff like this. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. So I didn't come to have no armor bearer. I didn't come to have no entourage. The folk y'all calling the entourage are just simply people I handpicked to operate on a higher level than me. I came to give my life. Y'all see how far gone the whole thing? So, so this stuff I'm teaching, this is where the power is locked up in. Jesus. Didn't handle. He was a rabbi, but dude. Wasn't rebuking you because you didn't call him by his title. Oh, it's a joke. You can call Jesus by his first name, but you can't call me by mine. You realize how retarded this looks? That's what an angel said. What is man <laughs> that you are mindful of him? What possessed you to create something like this that's been acting crazy since the first day? I'm serious. Angels scratch their head all the time. You know what I've heard from other people that have been called to heaven? They said that the angels are completely confused at the way we act with a God like we have. This is baffling them. They, the, our fear baffles them. Our sin baffles them. We don't trust God. That They don't understand that if the heavenly father called you a king, why would you not believe that? Why would you listen to the voice of your parents or your broke uncle or your raggedy preacher or your business leader or your whoever? Why would you listen to them over what God said? It don't matter if a hundred million people called you stupid. If God didn't call you stupid, you're not stupid. But always remember this, okay? You always take upon the nature of the title that you accept. Well, you, you actually think when you're going to heaven, they're going to refer to you as African-American? 
or Caucasian or Korean. You actually think that? That's stuff that was created by man. Jesus said, y'all all one. If there's any race that they're going to recognize you by, it's going to be one, Jewish. Because the scripture says you have become a spiritual Jew. And when we get to heaven, all flesh passes away. <laughs> That's the other book, The Final Quest. That one is deep. Final Quest by Rick Joyner, for those that are listening. That book saved my life. I probably wouldn't be in the lineup if it wasn't for that book. It's a very deep book. Very deep. It's, it's the only book that I read that is like the Bible. If you read it the 13th time, you see a bunch of stuff that you didn't see before. That book is in layers. The whole book is one vision of this man being, having a vision of the warfare between the demonic and us. It starts out that way. And the second half of the book is the Lord letting him walk into heaven. He was able to interview people who were in heaven and the ones that he mostly interviewed were the ones who had lost their reward most of them were preachers and ministers and they had lost their reward over only two things love and humility nothing else not one person that he talked to was because they had sinned from time or fallen into something it was because of love and humility okay and this and the lord told rick joiner this is where i close he said and i'm just giving you i'm I have to be careful how I talk about things, but you got to at least know where the problem comes from. Wow, are you crazy? You know what I mean? And I would, I never, when I read this, I just set the book down. I was like, see, there it is. I knew it. The Lord told him, he said, most of my ministers are using their title as rank. He said, Jesus told Rejoiner, he said, title is not rank in the kingdom. He said, your title is simply your office call. So you might have the title of secretary. It's got what God called you to do. You might have the title of children's church minister. You might have the title of pastor, you know, music minister, you know, um, businessman, financier. I mean, the list goes on and on. These are office calls, what God has called you to do. And the last statement the Lord told him, he said, rank is decided upon three things. Who walks in the most love, which is what the Bible says. Who walks in the most humility, which is what the Bible says. And who sacrifices most the most for the gospel, which is what the Bible says. He said, those who do that will be the ones who operate in the highest of rank for all eternity. And he said, most ministers don't qualify for that. Because it's not based on who's up here. It's based on who's doing this. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, you know, the Bible says that they will know us by our love. And right now... Neither the angels, nature, or sinners know who we are. Because they know that they, we're supposed to represent the kingdom, but they don't see kings. We're supposed to represent conquering anything. You know, got all these unclean spirits running rampant through the lives of people. Okay, and people got to go from house to house, church to church. Could you please cast these demons out of me? Can't find no place. Okay. I mean, that's what the people tell us when they come here and we cast them out. They say, I've been carrying this for sometimes 10, 20 years. I, where y'all been? I was like, I don't know. The Lord kept us hidden for a while. Hey, it's one thing, folk. God knows how big the problem is. But God is not moved by the problem like you are. If he was moved by the problem, he would have let Jesus come on the scene right after Adam messed up. Okay. So God does things a particular way to handle that. So... So, hey, how many are glad that we were re 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 returning this around? See, 
And, and so as a lesson, you all, this is the reason why it took so long for a ministry like this to kind of come on the scene. Because the first seven years was the Lord killing all of this stuff that was in her and I that we learned from our families and our churches. And you ask God a question like this, Lord, is it possible for one man to turn this around? Yes. Well, I will be that man to turn this around. Well, the Lord doesn't hit you with a bing. Boom, there it is, brother, walking power and turning around. Okay, well, if you're going to turn it around, we're going to send you through a process for seven years. And at the end of the seven years, you'll be almost dead. And then once you're dead, then I can step forward and I can do it for you and through you. That's why the Bible says we live our life by the Son of God who lives his life through us. Okay? Jim Hockaday, a great man of God. So he was laying hands on people one time for healing. And he said he looked and he saw his hands had turned. And he looked he said there were these huge holes in his hand. Because he knew that Jesus was operating through him. Okay? Laying hands on the people. Okay? There are some men that lay hands on people and Jesus is not in them. That's why nothing happens. That's why they push you down. Okay? It's only two times people fell down in Scripture. I'm serious. It's only two times people fell down in Scripture. One, which y'all, if some of you have experienced this in some of our service, one was in the Old Testament. It says that the men of God were ministering to the Lord and worshiping Him in one accord. And it says that the presence of God came down so strong no one could stand up. And we've already experienced that. The second time in Scripture, I'm not saying that we, look, we lands on people, sometimes people fall down. It's the power of God for real. I'm talking about this faking and stuff. You know what I'm saying? The second time in Scripture is when there was a, a Scripture that said that when Jesus was crucified, it was a prophecy that he would lose none of the disciples in the process. Okay? So when they came to get Jesus um, out there in the garden, and, and, and watch this. Here's a hint, too. When they came to Jesus, they didn't even know who he was. He had to introduce himself because he carried himself so much in humility and didn't want to be seen that after three years of him operating in that power, they still didn't even know who the man was. They had just heard about him because he wasn't out there trying to say, look at me, look at me, this social media now, look at me, look at me. So they said, are you Jesus? Are we looking Jesus said, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus. Well, why would they ask that question if they knew what he looked like? And, 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 they, and he said, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus. You remember what Jesus said? He said, I. Now, the King James says, I am he. But that's not what he said. You look at that word he that was added by the translator. Jesus said, I am. When he said that, it said the whole army fell all the way down to the ground. Bam. If I'm the leader of the army and the man said, I am, that I am, and it knocked me down, hey, man, y'all can take him. I'm going home to my wife. Go back and read it. It says, when the army got back up off the ground, Jesus said, who are you looking for? Go back and read it. Jesus was off the chain, y'all, with this stuff. He said the same time. He said, who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. He said, didn't I say I am? But this time they didn't fall. It shows you how power can be controlled. And it says that he demonstrated that power so that they would only take him and leave the disciples alone. Because of that prophecy that said when he was taken, they didn't take none of the disciples. <laughs> you know, we save an amazing God. And that's the type of stuff we're supposed to walk in. But we got to set religion down. We got to set titles down. Personalities down. Racial stuff down. Gender stuff down. All this stuff has to be set down and all put into Jesus Christ. And when we do that, 
we can become the church. Okay, so, you know, the community is kind of starting to recognize, recognize us as a church that's on another level. Okay, wait until we come back and give us another seven years. They won't recognize us. And we'll have to walk in full humility so that we can pull people to Christ. So go ahead and stand. Let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, O Father. Hallelujah. It's a trip. You read this stuff in the Bible, and if, if the stuff that happened in the book of Acts happened today, the news media would be all over it. So the Bible says that we're supposed to walk in a greater power than they did. They started it, and we're supposed to end it. So where is it at? It's in a few different places. Okay, mostly overseas, and even though we're overseas, it's just a few. But it's something that's coming on the scene, folks. I'm telling you, it's something that's coming on the scene. This thing is about to change. I feel it day by day, just coming, just coming up on us. I mean, it's going to be a level, you all. And and, and what they're going to say about us is what they said about the disciples in the book of Acts. They said, I think the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. This is the deep part. They were correct. But the disciples just didn't want them to worship them that way. But that was the truth. Is that these were men who were operating in the likeness of God. That's why they could do what they did. So let's go ahead and lift our hands. Bless his holy name, O oh God. We give you thanks and praise. Glory to God. Thank you, O oh Father God. We honor you, O oh Father. Blessed be your holy name, Jesus. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Thank you, O oh Father God. We have never truly experienced your love, and we never will on this side. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for increasing our ability to receive it and to walk in it. In Jesus' mighty name, blessed be your holy name. Thank you, O oh Father. Give us more grace, O oh Lord God, and give us strength to be able to receive the chastisement that you must give us to get the gunk out of our heart because most of what is in our heart was not even put there by us it was put there by our parents by our brothers our relatives our sisters it was put there by our school teachers it was put there by preachers it was put there by the media it was put there oh lord god with relationships we had all of these people, oh Lord God, were not accurate representations of Christ. And so their deposits are on the inside of our heart. We carry the pride and insecurities of others. So we thank you, oh Lord God, that in order for us to operate in your best, you must root those things out completely so that we can become who we were born to be. Kings and lords, more than conquerors and ambassadors, sons of the Most High God. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that we will walk in all of that in these last days. And that the people who see us, they will not see titles. They will not see race. They won't even see male and female. They will only see the Jesus that is in us that will flow out of us because our pipes have become unclogged. So we thank you, O oh Lord God, for taking us on this new journey over these next seven years. We thank you, Lord God, that it will be a glorious journey because as we go through this process, blessings and increase in promotion and spouses and children will show up, oh Lord God, show up without asking. For you already know the desires that we have in our heart. You already know, oh Lord God, the plans that you have concerning us. And they are plans, oh Lord God, to give us a future and an expected end. 
forgive us, O oh Lord God. Great joy for you said that you did these things so that our joy could be full and running over. So we receive this, O oh Lord God, and thank you, Lord God, that you are bringing it to pass by your power, by the Holy Ghost, by the angels you have given us, by the word of God. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for you are doing these things for us, for it is your great pleasure to give us your entire kingdom. So thank you, O Lord God, for this. Lift your hands, open up your mouth. Bless the Lord on this morning and give him thanks if you believe you receive this. Oh, just worship him, O Lord God. We give you thanks and praise. 